The good people at McWinder Kings would like to take this time to warn you that the following episode contains sounds of gunfire and acts of violence. Those with weaker constitutions have been asked to fill out a request form for a McWinder Kings approved listening companion prior to listening, and we thank you for your understanding. If you are not bothered by such matters of an aggressive nature, enjoy the sweet gunfight. This message was brought to you by the McWinder Kings Corporation NLC. Thank you. You want in? Mm. Mm. There's a lot of guns here, man. <laughs> there are, but they're looking for a thief, not a waiter. Indeed. Now, as I told you, I did not send that letter. Yeah? I'd like to find out who did. Oh, cool. I can do that. However, I don't think they'd be willing to confess it to one of us. Especially if it's that other Patrick guy. Something to consider? However, I'd like to bring a little more comfort back into the restaurant. Mm. Head toward the restroom. Okay. Is there something in the restroom for me? The rest will explain itself. Okay. Doing so. Wow, is my stomach rumbling. Well, don't make a show of it. Okay, okay. Now go ahead, I love it. <laughs> I'm all about it. Alright. Watch out, everybody. I have the bubble guts. <laughs> and you make your way to the restroom. And when you get there, it's the same single-stall restroom. Weird, considering the rest of it's all ritzy and fancy. This one's identical. But sitting at the sink is a familiar shape to you. Yeah. It is what seems to be a rubber face. It's a universal sensory translator device. Hollowed out. And with a single blinking light on the back. Yeah. What would you like to do? I... Hmm. Oh the blinking light, I guess. It's not a button, it's just uh, a little LED. So okay. you poke it and nothing happens. Alrighty. Examine it a bit more. You look at it and it seems still weighted as if some technology is in it. But it doesn't have the same weight as you recall the last one you interacted with having. Hmm. It is missing a face. The face is on the front. Ah, huh, really? Did you call it? What's hollowed out? Just the inside. Huh. But it looks like a normal UST. So I'm if that strikes any sort of feeling in you or not, I don't know, but... Yeah. It is what it is. It's a sad one, but... It seems like the plan here is for me to... disguise myself as a UST. Or would you call it... Is, is that... Hollowed out space big big enough? Find out. Okay. What are you gonna do? It's get into the hollowed out space, I guess. Alright, so you place it, I assume, just on your face like a mask? Uh, yeah. And as you do, you hear a snapping sound of a bear trap now. <laughs> I bet <you> just <laughs> we're done. I'd be sad. No. no. Uh, you put it on and you hear a whirling sound as some sort of pressure has been released and you feel 
your body being encased, very similar to how your arm was consumed when it was originally replaced with your robotic fist. Ah. And you hear things snapping into place behind you. As you look at your hands, you notice that they are wood-paneled. Yeah. I'll get the machetes. <laughs> Yet to be determined. Uh, you also notice that your suit has turned purple. Ah. Would you like to look at anything else? I don't know. Is there anything else on me? There's a, a mirror above the sink. There's not a mirror anywhere else, but, I mean, you can look at feet, yeah. dress, shoes, whatever. Did oh. you call it? Let's, is there any indication of who may have left this here besides the person we've been talking to? None whatsoever. You look, from what you can tell, just looking down, like a purple-suited mannequin man. Okay. I shall look at the mirror. As you look in the mirror, you see a wooden face, and through the eyes, you see your own staring back at you, but something happens. You see a visible static over your eyes, and you hear a low humming sound. It lasts only for a moment, and then... The rest of the mask snaps forward, covering your face, but you were left with that moment of static, unable to process what had occurred. A gap that you were not allowed to look at yourself. Hmm. Uh, Congratulations, you look like a universal sensory translator. Okay, fair. Oh, hmm. Well, let's take a just small look at my box cutter and just put it back in my pocket. Alright, so your mannequin hand reaches in, looks at the box cutter, puts it back in. Hmm. Thoughts of a friend fill your head. Indeed. I guess we go back outside. Alright, you exit the bathroom and a patron of no discernible interest or note. Looks at you a bit confused as to why a waiter was walking out of the bathroom, but walks past you in the narrow hallway and continues inside. Alright. I guess we'll use this to investigate the things that we haven't investigated yet. Uh... I will go over to the table at uh, 13D. 13D, so you turn the corner entering the small annex dining area and the sound of piano music fills the air. You see a man playing at the piano and a woman in a red lounge singer dress standing on stage singing under a single spotlight. Oh. Standing in the corner is the first Patrick. Ah! Oh. Hmm. 
just listening, but again, having his disinterested, glazed-over look focused on something else. Okay. Hmm. I will walk over to the piano. Okay, you walk over to the piano, the young man wearing a tuxedo playing along with the melodies being sung by Miss Suzanne Rose. Would you like any assistance? As you try to say this, something's muffling your voice. So you hear the sound in your helmet or mask, as it were, but no one reacts. I don't think anyone can hear your voice. Ah. Well, I guess we are in silence. The young piano player looks at you, shakes his head, and gestures for you to go off. Okay, I shall. Trying not to miss any notes. I shall ride by. Uh, what, what can I do that doesn't start too much of a ruckus? Ooh. Did you call it? I shall walk over to other Patrick. You walk over to the first Patrick? Yeah. Okay. He is just standing opposite the piano, leaning against the wall. I shall gesture towards his coat. He looks at his dress coat, then looks to you and just puts out a hand and says, I'm good, thanks. You realize he's not carrying or wearing the duster that was described previously. Ah. The hmm. trench coat, as it were. Can I look around for it? Sure. Uh, it is quite dark in this little annex, so you can stumble around try to see if you can find anything. Let's do a 15 or higher. Okay. What'd you get? Credit failure. Ah, one. As you are looking around, trying your best to seem nonchalant, you stumble, and there's a clatter as your wooden body falls to the floor. The piano music stops. The song trails off as the woman's confused, and everyone just kind of stares at you. Get back up and just quickly scoot off. Alright, you collect yourself, brush yourself off, and then quickly exit the room. The piano player and Suzanne Rose look at one another and nod and then continue performing for their one audience member. Being silent is hard. Okay. So you've now exited the dining annex. What would you like to do? Uh, hmm. <coughs> I will. Hmm. <clears throat> I guess. I will look back over at the table. See if I can find Jackie. 
there. Okay, so you're going back to the first table you ate at? Yeah. As you walk over, you see a maroon duster trench coat hanging over the back of the chair. Oh. Should you call it? Let me search through that thing. As you look through the pockets of this coat, you feel a billfold. You feel a comb. You feel on the opposite side something heavy and metal in an L shape. Hmm. Ah. That's no no. With it being inside the coat, you cannot distinguish what it is. Uh, Marcel looks at you and begins to approach towards you. Uh, let's skate towards the kitchen. Roll me a ten or higher. A five, as you go to move away from the coat, the chair begins to tip and the coat slides off onto the floor. Well, pick it up. Oh, we'll do. Marshall, oh, I can't yeah. hear you. <laughs> I'll do it. You fumble with the yeah. coat, hanging it on the back of the chair once again, giving it a little pat for good measure. Strange, strange devices. Marcel says as he walks away gesturing for you to go to the kitchen okay where normally there would be a counter you see a solid wall and a door that says employees only past this point there doesn't seem to be any sensors or anything is there none that you can see Alright, you walk in and you see the other five USTs going to different stations retrieving the food that they're tasked with delivering and walking past you almost as if they were guided on a rail system from one objective to the other. Some coming in with plates, some going out with food. It's all very efficient. Okay. Uh... In my station. You notice a single burger. But as it's going to be grabbed, the UST slides past you, picks it up, and takes off. You do notice that there's a bottle of champagne sitting on the counter, though. Ah, well. Uh, I shall take that bottle of champagne. Alright, you pick up the bottle of champagne and you feel your legs automatically turning toward the door. Ah, well, this is a simple task, I guess. To the table. Alright, so you walk into the dining facility, and even though your intention was to go to our second Patrick, you still feel as if you're being pulled forward, as if you were now on this rail system. Okay. Ah, there it is. There it is. Look at it. Beautiful. Love it. Fortunately, my dining partner seems to have stepped out, so... Seems we're out of luck there. You might want to let the inspector know. Let her keep an eye on him. And then he 
kind of gives a nod and a wink and oh. <laughs> just starts laughing to himself. <laughs> oh, look at you. What an outfit. Can you talk in that thing? You're just shaking the bottle of champagne at him. Ah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do that. <laughs> okay. So you shake the bottle of champagne at him. Taking that as a no. Weird. It is you in there, right? Did you call it? I give a shrug. <laughs> ah, yep. That's Jonathan. All right, just put it down. And why don't you take a pass by the diamond breaker? <laughs> just get a closer look. Okay, that's skate by that. Alright, you walk over to the Diamond Burger, passing all three guards completely unfazed by your movement. And you stop in front of it. You look to your right, and where the aisles for waiting in line are, are smaller display cases of, of gems of lesser significance and finery that doesn't particularly strike your interest. Golden forks and napkin dispensers encrusted with emeralds, those kind of things. But, you are now faced with the display case, which you've noticed as the evening has gone on, is taking on a blue tint to match the setting sun into darkness. I don't think I can do anything. As you're looking at it, you hear the guard say, step aside now, to you. And you realize that pushing past you is First Patrick. Ah. Okay. And looky shall... there, he says yeah. to no one in particular. Stand in perfect robot motion and just stand there. <laughs> just standing beside him? Yeah. Okay. So as you're standing beside him, the turret to your right slightly turns toward him. He continues to stare at the burger and then to the guard. You know, something like this could change your life. You wouldn't have to pretend to be a part of the wall. You could come to places like this whenever you wanted. It could change your life completely. You could buy this whole place. Or it could change your life for the worse. And as he says that, Patrick punches the wall with a hand that's covered with some sort of cloth that he's acquired and smashes through the case. The turret fires and he pushes it forward, shooting through all three guards a laser that makes them drop to the floor. He picks up the what was before masked laser rifle in front of him. He turns to the crowd and lets out a smirk of confidence. Ladies and gentlemen, you are bearing witness, and he shoots the turret over by the inspector so it blows. To the heist of a lifetime. And he shoots another, taking out the one over by Patrick, number two, who ducks under the table for safety. You have just been made the victim of the red shadow and he takes the turret that's currently aimed at him, turns it, and has it shoot the one across from it as it fires as well, blowing both turrets up. Now, I will leave you 
Not just with my presence. But with a parting gift. With each and every one of you. Having been robbed blind by the red shadow. And he takes the exploded turret and throws it into the display case. And he turns to you. Get a bag from the back. Load it up with everything in the case. The rest of you. And he goes to his table and grabs his coat, which you realize has a back that opens up into a bag. All valuables in the bag. Okay. Well, what do you do? I guess I put all the valuables in the bag. Okay, so you don't have a bag. Huh? You don't have a bag. Ah. He's going around collecting stuff in his coat bag. He told you to go get one from the kitchen. Okay. Uh... How distracted is he? I mean, he's just super villaining right now. Okay. Could I just take the jewel and just take it to the back? You want to try to sneak past, grab the diamond burger? Yeah. I kind of want to do that. Okay. Uh, I could just be putting it in the bag. Let's go f- Fifteen or higher. Let's see what happens. Mm, I don't like the fifteens or higher. <laughs> I've been rolling ones, <laughs> ones and fives all day. This could be fun. Oh gosh. Fifteen. All right. You pick up the burger and slip it into your purple coat pocket, and then make your way to the kitchen as instructed. In the kitchen. You see a bin full of disposable potato and various vegetable sacks that you can easily use to accomplish the task that the the red shadow has put in front of you. Ah, okay. So, I'm going to put it in one of the sacks, and then I'm going to put the potatoes in the other sack. Or what? What's some how how heavy does it feel? Like I'm I'm wanting It's pretty heavy. I it's significant. Like it's probably fifty pounds. Okay. Like it's a giant diamond. Could I put enough potatoes together to do that? Not and pass it off for the size, no. Mm. Think about how much potato weighs, man. Come on. You have to have a lot of potatoes. Also, he didn't ask you to grab the diamond burger. He asked you to fill in the jewels from the tables he smashed here so you're perfectly able to just go out with an empty bag okay let's just stuff one stuff in the back and then do you call it okay. wait do you call it you've got a pile of potatoes yeah you, you can so totally you, go through this yeah uh would you call it i want to make sure that if i do just decide to like kind of walk out would you call it with it it's not showing on my person so would you call it is it visible on me currently i mean it's in your inner coat pocket it's passable you're kind of a clunky mannequin man like no one's no one's checking out your silhouette okay uh do you call it? As you're pondering yeah. this, you hear a uh, series of laser blasts coming from the dining room. Do you call it? Put it in 
then the sex, and then what do you call it? Friggin' take. So you just want so you just want to put it in like the pile of sacks, like bury it in there. Yeah. Right. So you take the diamond burger out, you slip it in the pile of sacks, and take one off the top and walk out. And you retreated to a gunfight as the red shadow is firing across to the two surviving guards and Inspector Jane, small fellow, on the opposite side. Okay. She has a laser pistol. He has the gun he acquired from the first guard and the pistol he found in his coat. You hear two sudden shots and then there's silence as two men, once cloaked, drop to the floor. Hmm. Inspector Longfellow pushes the table behind her upward, throwing the destroyed turret into the middle of the restaurant as she takes cover behind it. Uh, I think I'm going to scoot along to Patrick number two. He seems like he knows what he's doing. All right, as you make your way over to Patrick number two, you see Patrick number one turn to you and say, that's not what I asked you to do. And he points the laser at you and then fires. Roll a five or higher. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> Do you call it friggin'? Aren't you supposed to be engaged with something else right now? You could like literally just shoot you. <laughs> he can't hear a word you're saying. Yeah, I know. This is banner for myself. I'm upset. Seventeen. Seventeen. Okay, so you stumble out of the way. And as you do, you are able to make your way under the booth to Patrick number two. Wow. Talking about a smash and grab. That guy's gone nuts. I am talking to you, right? <laughs> I tried to shake my head yes. Awesome. And then he reaches behind you and presses a button. And you feel a release over your face as, fr as fresh air washes over you. Okay, cool. All right. So have the other ones gone into defense mode yet? They have a defense mode? I'll take that as a no. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't got that. That's fair. So, let them take the lead. There, no, It's not like a suit for everyone, just you. Okay. They're, they're what? They do not matter. All right. So... Do not let yourself get wrapped up in this. Just I... do what he says. Okay. This is my fault for getting you involved. Alright. So, what you're say saying is I should just take the diamonds and everything? If that's what he asks, go ahead and do it. Okay. Doing that, then. He's going to be making his way over here soon. I'm hoping that he'll get engaged with, with the mannequins before then, and I'll be able to come up behind and take care of something. But, uh... for right now... Play it by the book. Okay. Got anything to throw in the bag to make it look like I was over here actually doing that? And he takes out his wallet and he throws it in. Okay. Yeah. Did you call it and then I'll put the, the thing back on and then scoot off. All right. So you feel the seal of the UST covering your face once again in wood. And you want to make your way to the jewel cabinet? Yeah. Okay. You walk over and again, it's random, shiny restaurant accoutrement, gold and silverware, uh, emerald encrusted napkin dispenser, 
a couple odds and ends of necklaces and uh, ruby in the shape of the McWender King's logo. It's all very kitschy, ritzy kind of stuff. Okay, so looting that, I guess? Okay, uh, let's do a five or higher. There's a lot of stuff. Okay. <clears throat> 18. Okay, you have no problem just kind of putting your hand on one end and pulling it all into the bag. Uh, the bag gets significantly heavier with all these metal and jewels, encrusted objects just kind of all pile in. And you're good to go. You've got everything, and you can do whatever you need to do at this point. Okay, uh, I guess I hand him the, the bag. Okay, so you walk up to Patrick number one, and you hand him the bag. While this is going on, just over his shoulder, you see the inspector leap forward and take a shot. Roll a five or higher. Uh, eight. Eight. Uh, you were able to... Do you want to get Patrick out of the way? Do you want to oh, use no. him as a shield? Do you want to dodge past him with him? What do you want to do? Tell me how you want to do this. As you call it, as of instructed i will stay out of this and just dodge all right so you jump out of the way and uh, it flies past patrick's shoulder and as you realize would have clipped you right in the arm <clears throat> so you are fortunately unharmed and first patrick looks at you and goes all right you got everything i will attempt to shake my head yes great and he holds out his hand he takes the bag from you and he throws it at the window <laughs> As he does, there's a shattering sound of glass. And he looks back to you. What else did you find? Uh, wallet? <laughs> I tried to gesture into a wallet. Whatever you found, it's in the bag. Great. Now go back there, take care of the other USTs before you get all defense mode on me. Okay, so I will go back. As you go back, you see five USTs all standing in formation, a row of three next with a row of two next to it, all with red glowing eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to look back and then look for it and look back. You were faced with a kitchen full of red-eyed USTs. What would you like to do? Uh, did you call it, I would like to mimic one of them. <laughs> so you fall into formation? Yeah, I fall into formation. <clears throat> okay, your eyes aren't glowing, but you are in formation. They all begin to march out the door. And then, almost like animals, lunge at Patrick number one. He takes the laser rifle that he had taken from the guard and shoots one in the chest, sending it backwards in a smoldering pile as another one leaps onto him. As you're quickly noticing your USTs are operating on the ideal that sheer numbers will be over, able to overrun this individual. Okay. What are you going to do? Uh, <clears throat> hmm. Let's see. I am going to, uh, what do you call it? 
These USTs aren't, aren't gonna, like, no charades, are they? Mm hmm. Ah, gosh. I want to communicate that they should. Wait, they don't have weapons. Nope. Ah. Hmm. Do you call it. Is there any weapons around? Just the laser rifles of dead men, smash turrets. You got a box cutter in your pocket. Uh, Can I pull that out as a USD? <laughs> yeah. You want to pull out your box cutter? Do you call it... <clears throat> yeah. All right, you reach into your pocket realizing that your purple suit is merely a hologram. You're wearing your regular suit underneath. Ah. You're able to reach into your pocket and pull out your box cutter, give it to you by a friend who said you would one day need it. Okay. So... We're gonna do the thing. Jonathan, special attack. Wait a minute. Do you mean... Yeah. The Rocket Fist Box Cutter. Oh my gosh, it's coming back. Okay, Rocket Fist Box Cutter. You're standing back this 10 or higher. I want to see this happen. Okay. 16. Yeah. 16. You give a confident thumbs up with the blade in hand as your fist begins to shoot off, spiraling in a perfect formation, and goes across the face of Patrick number one. He grabs his face momentarily, knocks off a UST, shoots off his head, and then aims at you. He fires three times. Ah. I want you to roll five. I want you to roll three times for me. Five or higher each time. Okay. 16, 8, 7. You dodge all three. You roll out of the way. And your fist is on the opposite side of the restaurant, still clutching the box cutter confidently. Hmm. Okay. So, I guess we're gonna, gonna run around <laughs> until someone actually is able to shoot this man. <laughs> As you're thinking this to yourself, that was so cool! You hear Patrick shout, jumping up from his table. Patrick number one fires, oh, and then no. Patrick number two just ducks <laughs> back under. And he just yells, sorry! <laughs> Good gotch. Alright, so yeah. Now, Patrick number one looks to you again, puts the rifle to his side, and begins to walk confidently towards you. Uh, hmm. Do you call it? I'm going to just run back for my fist. <laughs> he goes to grab for you. Ten or higher. Sure, that's the one I missed. <laughs> What'd you get? Five. Alright, so he grabs you by your wrist with your hand still attached, so your right arm, and he pulls you forward and he smacks the back of your head. You hear a decompression sound as fresh air hits your face and you're met face to face with Patrick. So you think that button still works now? <laughs> yeah. Good line. So <clears throat> Patrick number one looks at you says I should have figured you would have gotten in my way. No, it's just making sure you have a scar to match the other one. He takes the lit laser pistol and puts it to your head. Ah, do you call it? I don't have another one. Let's not make a first one. 
Jonathan, roll a 10 or higher. Uh, I feel like I'm not going to roll this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, wow, that's an abrupt end. Ooh, that's unfortunate. Well, that's it. You get shot, fall forward, you're dead. No. Uh, what actually happens? Uh, Patrick goes to fire and is tackled by one of the remaining USTs, which tries to wrestle him down. He pushes it off, fires again into its head, having it fall back, and he turns to you. I'm imagining you're going to fall the same way, aren't you? And he takes a shot again at your head. Let's do a five or higher, because he let go. You got some distance. You should be fine. 19. 19. Yeah, so you step out of the way. Want to say something cool? Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> you want to say something cool? <laughs> Did you call it? No, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Patrick fires at you again, and I need you to roll five or higher for me. Just dodge out the way. Ah, two. <laughs> two, you take a clip to the leg. So you have been shot. Uh, the hologram on your leg fades away, and your black pants have a smoldering hole in them that uh, begins to go dark red. Ooh. That's hurt. You have been shot in the leg. Mm. I'm going to continue running for my fist now. <laughs> All right. Um, let's have you do ten or higher to go get your fist because you're stumbling. Okay. Thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, even though you're stumbling, your sporadic movements, Patrick, number one, can't get a clear shot on you. Uh, and you are able to get back to your rocket fist. Huh. Okay. Do you remember how to put it on? Uh, do you call it, I'm supposed to let gel do the thing? Roll a five or higher for the gel do the thing. Sixteen. It does the thing. It re-adheres back to you. Uh, the silver grabbing at your flesh desperately, clinging, forming the shape of your hand, clutching this box cutter, and quickly shifting from silver through various skin tones until it matches yours once again. Okay. So, did you call it, now we all have weapons. Please, Inspector, shoot this man. <laughs> the Inspector is holding her pistol looking at him looking at you she fires a shot at patrick number one patrick number one takes a shot in the shoulder i will fire right after her all right you want to fire your rocket fist in order to hit him seven or higher why not random number <laughs> one <laughs> your fist not having enough time to recalibrate falls in front of you mm. that would have been a Cool team attack. Now are you on my side or his? She shouts. I'm, I'm on yours. This guy's a douche. That's what I like to hear. And she takes her pistol and she fires again at Patrick number one. Get your hand. I'll cover you. Okay. Putting the hand back on again. She is firing sporadically just over your head. You are crouched down as these lasers fire over. Patrick is dodging and shooting back in the opposite direction. You are undercover, just trying to hold down to where you can get this hand attached. So, seven or higher again. Seventeen. Seventeen. Your hand goes right back on. Good to go. Okay. Did you call it? Let's try this again. And I'm going to fire my, my fist at him. You need a... You are 
currently not his target, so seven or higher. Sixteen. Sixteen. Your fist confidently shoots off with a thumbs up as the blade slips past the throat of Patrick number two. Ooh. Oh, no. 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 No, no I'm kidding. Uh, Patrick number one. I was having fun with Patrick names. No, Patrick number one. As he lets out a gasp, falls to his knees and falls face forward. The inspector looks around. Is anybody else going to try anything? She says. The piano player and Susan are putting their hands up, walking out from the annex. The maitre d' coming from behind his podium. And Patrick number two standing up, dusting off his coat and saying, Brother, that was brilliant! And he runs over and he gives you a big hug. Whoa! The inspector has her uh, pistol trained on him. We're not gonna try anything, inspector. Don't worry. I don't know where you found this thing, but it's awesome! Yeah, what do you call it? Again, just rocket fist and box gun. Well, I knew you had the rocket fist. We got you that for Christmas when you were 12. What I didn't know was where you got that cool suit. Ah. Yeah, what do you call it? It's part part of the thing from the theater department. Theater department? What will they think of that? He had on a hollow I know I make jokes about you being the devil, but you impress me sometimes. You know that, brother? Indeed. Act is all I can do. I'm very not smart. Well, you gentlemen definitely saved us on this one. And she looks at the body of Patrick number one. I don't believe that your involvement will need to be recorded. I believe that this can all be swept under the rug as you had a fine dining experience and spent the evening hiding under a table when it became less than fine. Yeah, because that's what happens when loser poser tries to do something. Pick up your fist, brother. Okay, going to pick up my fist. All right, you pick up your fist, five or higher. Seven. Seven, it just goes back on. Yeah, I remain cool. Yep. Uh, Well, Inspector, if I... You need anything else from us? We'll be more than happy to cooperate. I did have a wallet. Don't know where that ended up. And the inspector uh, looks out the window, along with everyone else, the tinted glass, revealing a slowly passing environment. Hmm. Oh. Uh, did you call it? Should I do something? What do you want to do? Uh, did you call it? Hmm. Everyone's looking out outside the window, right? Uh, you currently have... Yeah, everyone's looking out the window. Let's say everybody's just like, ooh, awkward, your wallet's at, like, gone, gone. Uh, did you call it? I think... Some... Uh, what did you call it? The restaurant has, has something that can help you out or anything? Marcel, y'all got insurance? <laughs> Marcel uh, 
laughs awkwardly and says, I assure you, you'll be um, <clears throat> compensated for anything you lost. And Patrick says, well, I had my grandmother's diamond-encrusted emeralds in there. Not to mention one million dollars. And no, I'm kidding. I had like ten bucks. And then like my card that I can cancel. It's fine. The wallet was a gift, but you know. Someone down there will enjoy it. Do you mean he just like threw those out? Th those hit the ground? <laughs> As you look outside the window, you realize you are hundreds of feet up in the air. Huh. And you hear a gentle hum that was deafened before by the soundproofing of the restaurant. The humming is coming from up above you. Huh. Oh. That's a thing. What would you like to do? I'd like to look at the thing that's humming above me. You look up and see a giant silver mass above you. What? You are in a zeppelin, Jonathan. Oh, shoot. The five-star McWinder King's dining experience in the air. Ah. Good thing this was a this was a heist and not an evil doer plot. We'll have to track down where he was expecting those to land. He must have an accomplice on the ground, but I believe the Diamond Burger can be tracked down. Hmm. And Marcel, I do apologize for all of the things that have been misplaced, but I assure you that. Once a proper count of your losses have been found, the police will do everything we can to get a full recovery. And Marcel just kind of nods thankfully and says, "Oh, oh <clears throat> don't don't worry yourself. We'll be certain after the events of today to get you a full inventory of what was damaged and lost." Um, <clears throat> Susan, uh, Rory, I don't believe you'll be needing to play for the full night. And uh, the piano player and the lounge singer kind of nervously laugh to each other and just kind of nod, just kind of like, what is happening? Huh. And Marcel's still looking around trying to figure out how to save the situation. Can I get some, my food? <laughs> Great idea! Free meals for everybody! It's on the house tonight! Cool! Insurance pays for everything! Wonderful. Just have a seat at any of the tables that weren't blown up or knocked over or bled upon and... Oh, gosh. Can I get mine and go back, Marcel? <laughs> Marcel snaps his fingers and the one singular remaining UST walks forward. Take all their orders and get them what they need. If they want it into go bags, we'll be landing shortly. I'm s certain I'll get in contact with an air marshal about getting to the ground. And the UST nods understandingly and then goes to each table, getting a recording of each person's order, stepping over the bleeding man in the room. Yeah. And uh, first goes to the inspector, then our... Musical couple, and then to you and Patrick. I shall take a cheeseburger single. And I will take the most expensive thing insurance can buy. Okay. 
am, am I supposed to do something? You're... I'm just saying, man, you're missing a serious opportunity. I, I know I said, oh, thrifty, not paying for the... Dude, insurance has got the, the free meal. Oh, Treat yourself. Yeah. You... Okay. Uh, you know what? I started this out. Did you call it saying I, I wouldn't? But I'm going to go for the triple. You know what? Triples all around. Yeah. I don't care what the other people order. They're getting triples now. <laughs> Wonderful. We're living it up on Marcel's dime. <laughs> <laughs> and the OST kind of tilts its head like, what? <laughs> but then nods understandingly and walks toward the kitchen. Do you think we actually re just told that thing to cancel everybody's food? Because I don't know if anybody has any sort of allergies. Ooh. Yeah. You killed a guy. Yeah. We cannot ignore that. She called. Well. So where'd you put it? Did you call it? Hey, kid. I'd say it's uh something about potato famine. Dude, I, have, I haven't left this table. That means nothing to me. I put the costume in the bathroom, and then I came back here and sat down. Okay. Where where did you put it? I, I know. <laughs> Keep it down, Jack. Keep it covered. Did you call it potato sack? In the bed. In the kitchen. And you're still wearing your hollow costume. Will that actually work right now? <laughs> Let's find out. Hey, Inspector! <laughs> and the Inspector's filing paperwork and just brushes off what Patrick is saying. Okay, talk to you later. Love you. I think we're good. Okay. She's getting statements from Rory and from... I almost called her Diane. No, it's a... She's getting statements from Rory and Susan and making sure to copy everything down. Uh... Marcel is frantically at his podium making phone calls to who knows who. Alright. Here we go. That's what I like to hear. Uh. Do I, do I have to, like, go to the bath and change or do you go? Is anyone looking right now? Anyone at all? <laughs> Can anyone acknowledge my voice? Okay, I'll He's put looking the around. On. No one says anything. <laughs> I think you're good, buddy. Okay, I'll go ahead and put the costume on. Alright, you reattach the helmet, you hear the pressure seal, and you are a universal sensory translator waiter. Okay. Can I, like, quickly bandage my leg <laughs> so I'm not limping over there? I mean, if you had some way to cut the tablecloth, I guess you could. Only had some sort of cutting device. Ah, box cutter. Yes, Jonathan, five or higher. Okay. Nine. Nine. Yeah, you cut the tablecloth very quickly, wrap a tourniquet around your leg. You're good. Okay. Uh, it blends in with the costume. No one can tell that you're not just a purple-suited UST, so you are able to move around freely as long as the other one doesn't show up. Okay. Quickly, 
rush into the kitchen. All right, you go into the kitchen. And you see the UST moving back and forth between different stations. Okay, so I'm going to put Jewel in my pocket. All right, you pick up the golden burger in the UST. You hear a creaking sound as Lux eyes staring at you. I it, will. It's not focused on the burger, though. Ah. It's looking at your other hand in the box cutter that you're holding. Ah. Hello. The UST cocks its head and walks towards you. Mm. I. <coughs> Can I. Well, I guess I'll. Un. Button the suit. Okay, so you take off the helmet. Yeah. Helmet comes off. The UST looks at you again, crooking its head in a more unnatural way now. And begins to continue to walk towards you. Hi, I'm Jonathan. And you hear a mumble under the mask. Or the wooden helmet, rather. And you can't quite make it out. Ah. It continues to advance towards you across the kitchen. It's now about five feet away. Can I disconnect face? You want to take the face off the UST? Yeah. You got to reach over five feet. Okay, I'm walking <laughs> over to Okay, so you walk over to it, and you want to reach for it? Yeah. Let's do a 10 or higher. 20. 20, okay. So you walk over, and you go to pull the face. And you don't pull the face, but you hear something disengage, and there's a click. And the eyes begin to blink. Hello? H- he- hello? Yeah! <laughs> jo- where, where, everything's, everything's dark. And where am I? You're in a Zeppelin, buddy. Buddy. Jonathan? Yeah. And the eyes snap forward. And it's a familiar face. And you hear a voice that you thought was lost to you. Jonathan. Buddy. Yes. You have to stop. You have to stop, buddy. I have to stop what? And in that moment, you hear a familiar sound of a machete blade slipping past the wooden wrist and straight into your stomach. Why? You have to stop, buddy. And as he says this, Truman's eyes go blank again. And his body falling limp pushes you forward toward the open drive-through windows. Oh, no! <laughs> You're clutching your bleeding stomach. Roll a 15 or higher. <laughs> Just as it works out, usually. Six. Your full body weight falls back enough for the windows to fly open. And you begin to fall. The three falling through the air, losing consciousness as your blood falls around you. 
You have been stabbed by a friend. Ah. Oh, no. In that moment, you hear humming as the darkness begins to set in, and you feel yourself in a familiar sense of being, in a familiar humming sound as things go white. And then you're gone. Well. Jonathan Youngblood, you do not walk out of McWinder Kings. Darn it. You free fall, fell out of one, but you never had anything to eat. Yeah. Got the stabby stab. Shaky shake. Remember, we are on GoFi. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you have fun, buddy? Actually, more action packed than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, there was a gunfight. There was betrayal. I should. There said was the, a gunfight and betrayal. I should have said the loser poser one earlier. Well, that would have been cool. Yeah. Too bad you died. Darn. Yeah. yeah. You want your epilogue or you want your moral of the story? Uh, both. The epilogue first. <laughs> okay. Cool. <clears throat> After about 20 minutes passes, Patrick begins to wonder where his partner in crime's gone, thinking that he's been betrayed. He makes his way to the back, slipping past anyone paying attention, and he sees a collapsed marionette lying on the floor with its face skidded off several feet away from it. He looks around, he sees the open window, and he can piece together what happened. He looks to the blood to the floor and says, Well, let's see what we got. And he walks over to the bag of discarded, or he walks over to the bin of discarded bags and reaches in and pulls out Diamond Burger. Huh. Poor kid. I was just here to stop an imposter. He wasn't supposed to get in the way. Oh, well, I said I'd take it, whether it was me or not. And he puts it in his pocket and then leaps from the window that you yourself had free fallen from. Among the loss that was collected at the McWender Kings that day, the diamond burger was never found. And unfortunately, the red shadow name fell off into obscurity, leaving a mystery of whether the imposter who fell was an imposter or, in fact, the genuine article, and le leaving one man with a very friendly disposition to live the rest of his life in comfort. So what's the moral of the story? <laughs> oh, the moral of the story is... Your friends will stab you. Not backstab you, not double-cross you. Physically stab you. Do with that information what you will. This message is brought to you by the good people at McWinder Kings. Indeed, that is a rough moral. They're not all fun. But did you have fun? Indeed. Great. I did my job here. Thanks for listening, everybody.
We had a lot of fun with you today. I died. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You didn't meet half the characters. You know, were there other characters? I had like six. Did you call it friggin'... You didn't even talk to Rory. Like, I was trying, trying to, but the... It's not important. They're not significant in our lives anymore. Fair enough. What is important is that everybody checks out all our awesome friends who helped make this episode possible. Indeed. Zix Mix. Jalen Portillo. Bat Baps. Bat Baths. Addy Skelton. Addy Skelton. Man, we've got quite a crew of people. Indeed. Go them. And go you to our YouTube or Ko-Fi or Patreon. Do we have a Patreon? I can set up a Patreon. We might have a Patreon if we do it. It's in the description. All those links down there, you just click them all. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Check out our new t-shirt. Again, we've got vintage and regular patterns of all of the McWinder Kings logo. You can wear it up to 20, 50, or 100% of our name on your chest. Indeed. It also comes in like coffee mugs and stuff, so that's kind of cool. Check those out. Yeah. But otherwise, Jonathan, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners at home? I should have said cooler stuff. That's it. Now would be a golden opportunity to say cooler stuff. Nah, nah. Time to pass. Well. Wait, no, you passed. Indeed. Like the loser poser I was. Hey, you brought it back. And on that somber note, thanks for watching, everybody. And remember, you never know when you'll know what's for dinner. See you next time. Whoop. You, man, you fell out of a Zeppelin. Indeed. Who do you think you hit on the way down? Like, you had to land somewhere. Uh, is, like, was it above a city? Uh, you were flying over something. Oh, should you call it? That would just suck for somebody just like, but. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> like a Mace Windu kind of thing? Yeah. Oh. Can't, read the, can't wait to read the fan fix on that one. About the man who went about their day, only man. Like, yeah, someone's gotta write it, right? Like someone's <laughs> gotta write a fan fiction about a dude just going through his day. It's completely unrelated to us, and then your corpse just smacks <laughs> down in the middle of whatever he's doing. Yeah, like that. Someone has to put that together. I would, I would enjoy that immensely if someone did. Me too. Me too. Do that. Shaky, shaky. <laughs> shaky, shake. <laughs> Just listen to the dude on the motorcycle. He does this every time we record. Have you noticed that? Oh, but this one's very... Like, is he doing donuts in the, like, front yard? What is he doing? <laughs> he was revving up real hard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh. You want to end the recording now? Oh, at any time, please. <laughs> <laughs>